South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. We are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night, and we're glad to be back here in the Spooky Studio after taking last week off for a Legend Trips event, our last Legend Trips event of 2013, only because it's the holiday season and we're busy now. Not that we wouldn't love to be out there investigating with all of you, but you know, there comes a time when you have to spend time with the families and do all the holiday shopping and everything else that's out there. And uh, I guess we have to do it. I'm not really ready. I'm not ready for Halloween season to be over. I feel like we didn't do enough. I know. We missed a lot of showtime because of the Red Sox. And we missed a lot of time because of Legend Trips events. So I feel like we kind of got cheated out of, out of our holiday season this year. That should be another. We should just start another Halloween. Let's, let's let's do that. Let's do like a Halloween in January or February. Yeah, I don't know. It's cold to be trick or treating. No, no, no. We're we're coming up on our eighth anniversary. Yep. So we're gonna let's throw ourselves a party. Okay. And let's have it be I'm a costume a party. party. All right. And we'll have it be like Halloween two. <laughs> sure. Or Halloween three, season of the witch. Either way. <laughs> in three D. That sounds good. Silver Shamrock, baby. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll do that. We'll have another Halloween because we got, we got cheated. Yeah, because I'm not ready for Christmas yet. No, no, me I got wished a, a, a Merry Christmas today, and I was like, really? Did, did you punch the old lady in the face? <sighs> How do you know she was an old lady? Because <laughs> <laughs> only old ladies are already thinking about Christmas. Yeah. No, I wanted to. Let me tell you. No. But, yeah, I'm not ready. Nope. 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 Not, and I'm against it. The worst part about it is we have a I late... I am against it. Whatever it is, I'm <laughs> against it. The worst part is we have a late Thanksgiving, and then it's only 25 days from Thanksgiving to Christmas. So ABC Family's head is exploding because how are they going to do their 25 days of Christmas? You know what I'm talking about. The Hallmark Channel. You know what I'm talking about. I know you watch Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just heard Bright Red because that's uh, true. I have seen it. <laughs> So uh, we are, believe it or not, we will be talking about the paranormal. Tonight our guest will be Karen Dahlman. We'll be talking about her new book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. And I brought in my glow-in-the-dark board. I have it over there charging up. So if you guys decide that you want to do it later on the show, I know last time that you did it here in the studio, the last time we had Karen on, nothing really went on. We were using our friend Aaron's board, which was an older board, a vintage board from the 1940s. But you guys weren't really getting a lot out of it. Is that what was going on? Do you remember? Yeah, I think we were yeah. getting a lot of like um, random, nonsensical nonsense, right, coming through. Well, this board which was here, probably us. Th- this that's usually our mo. That's true. It is. It is hard for us to be serious with any piece of equipment, <laughs> but be it paranormal, investigative, or radio, right? But uh, the the board that I have over there, I bought off the shelf at a local retail store. 
It's the glow-in-the-dark version that came out a few years ago. Just your run-of-the-mill Parker Brothers Ouija board. But I've taken it with me on the last two Legend Trips events. And by the way, I just want to point out, I'm going to say Ouija. Some people are going to say Ouija. It's up to you. I consulted with Karen. I consulted with our buddy Bob Merch. And they both said it's perfectly acceptable to go either way. I'm going to say Ouija because that's how it's spelled. Hmm. But... Feel free to say Ouija if you'd like. I'm not going to correct you. Okay. Uh, so anyway, the last two Legend Trips events, I brought this board along. And at both events, we've had some serious, serious stuff coming through it. And the first time was in the basement of the Faring Tavern when I brought it out because there were a couple of young ladies who come to our events and they wanted to use it. So I said, all right, well, you guys can try it out. And I, I know, Matt, they tried it out with you in, in the toy room of the tavern. Yeah. And uh, they tried it in one of the other rooms, and you weren't getting a lot, right? No, no, not too much. When we took it down to the basement, that's when we started to get stuff. And we started to get it, (coughs) excuse me, saying words that I can't repeat on the radio. But, like, think of the worst word possible, and it kept saying that repeatedly. When we asked, what what is your name? And that's that's the word that we got. And then uh, (laughs) we... It was. Uh, we asked if it, what, what it was. We asked who we were communicating with, and it spelled out A G O S T, which we took to mean a ghost. So we said, "Oh, so you're a ghost?" Then it goes to no. And what was interesting is it, it didn't go to the no, like in the corner where it says yes, no. You know, you would expect like if somebody's manipulating it, they would go to the no, okay. but it wouldn't. It would go to the N O on the board and use that as the no. And so it said no, and then it spelled out D E M O N. So I'm like, oh man, you know, here, here, who brought the demon? You know, every time this one of these things come out, somebody's got to bring along, you know, Pazuzu or whatever. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> or uh, even worse, uh, uh, Zoso. Zoso. Yeah. So, but either, either way, you know, we we the two girls were freaked out, and they took off, and. It took a little while to get them calmed down, and once they did, they wanted to come back in and try it some more. So I was telling them the story. I was, I was saying to them, listen, I don't really challenge spirits anymore, but if it would make you feel better, I will challenge this one because, you know, it obviously wants to, to, to be combative. So I will challenge it if you want, but I haven't since I went to, and then all of a sudden the boards, because we had our fingers in the planchette, all of a sudden it starts spelling out Houghton, which is where I had the experience that change me from challenging and i said well now wait a minute now i'm the only one that knew the answer to that and i'm not moving this board i'm not moving this planchette so i don't know if it was me doing it subconsciously or what but it spelled it out and so then i said well maybe that's what it is maybe it's that spirit and one of the girls asked were you just trying to scare me and i said yes and then it went (laughs) b-o-o so you know just a a little interesting experience there And, and we walked away not feeling really that bad about it yeah now, last week when we were at the Haunted Victorian Mansion, the very cold but supremely awesome Haunted Victorian Your Mansion. Your station for the South. Thank you. Uh, it was an incredible amount of activity the entire night. I mean, in, in, I know in the basement we had shadow people walking right by us. Uh, I don't know what you had going on, on on your floor, Matt. but Well, I had enough activity that in Lillian's uh, office, which is right near where you go up to the Widow's Walk, there was this orb that kept floating about the uh, floating about the room a guy even got it on his uh, night vision camera and i'm not talking like a you know a dust particle uh flying by i'm talking an actual self-luminous thing that would be flying around the room that several other people would be able to visibly witness we found that quite interesting 
Uh, some people got some real-time EVPs that worked out all right. And one of the other rooms, I, I had set up a laser grid, and uh, three separate groups got to witness this. The best way to describe it is this mist come floating in the back end of the room that would interrupt the beams. So, yeah, we had, we had some good activity. Well, one of our first bits of activity in the basement was with the Ouija board. We pulled that out with the first group, and immediately it, w- it was myself and, and, and the members of Spectral Forces. And as soon as we started using it, it started going crazy. It spelled out that its name was... I don't want to blank on this now. I knew I would. <laughs> I knew, I, you know, I was going to write it down, and I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll remember. Uh, the last name was Xavier, and the first name was... Rufus? No, it was a female. And uh, maybe somebody's in the chat room and can help me out. I don't see anybody in the chat room, but maybe somebody can help me out with the first name. I, I want to say Sarah, but I'm not sure. And uh, it'll, it'll just pop into my head while we're talking. But anyway, it came through and was asking for help. It... it we said, do you have any questions for us? And it spelled out, do you die? And so we took that to mean it's a spirit that must be stuck. It must feel like, you know, do you die? Like, should I have gone somewhere? Why am I still here? So I decided to call down uh, our spirit medium friends, Tiffany Rice and Stephanie Burke, and I asked them for their opinion. You know, I, I'm not asking them to come down and help the spirit move on. I'm just asking them to kind of give us what they were picking up, what their sense was of what was going on. And Stephanie immediately just told me, shut it down, put it away, don't talk to the spirit anymore for the rest of the night. You're putting everybody in the house at risk. Because this is apparently the entity that has been harassing Lillian for all these years. And it had been harassing Stephanie prior to her visit there. So she said it would be better off if I didn't communicate with the spirit anymore, if I put it away, because we don't want it attaching itself to anybody there and, and, and ha- having them go through the nightmares that she'd been having or having the experiences that Lillian had been having, that this spirit was angry for some reason and wasn't going to go away easily. So I said, thank you very much for that. I will, I will take that advice. And then when she went upstairs, of course, what did I do? Pull the board back out. And she, you know, she knew I was going to do it. She said that as soon as, she's like, I know you're going to pull it out as soon as I go back upstairs. But, and we tried it again with a couple other groups and, and nothing. We got some gibberish with a couple groups and then nobody else really had anything else going on. So those are my two Ouija board, the only two times that a Ouija board has ever actually worked for me. And only the two out of the three times that I've ever tried it. But still, Moniz, I know that you've been, you've used them quite a bit. Oh, uh, Back in the day, that was pretty much the only way you could, you know, really do things because that's what people expected. Right. And I've had mixed results with it. It it all depends upon who's there. Um, People talk about, you know, using the planchette and people pushing it. I have had a couple of occasions where I've seen the planchette move on its own without anybody else touching it. All of us sitting at the table... You know, looking and talking around it, and then all of a sudden it starts moving on its own. That That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, I mean, like I said, this board has had some success, so we'll keep bringing it to all of our Legend Trips events. And, of course, Jeff always brings his. He's got the new one. He's got some older ones. 
Uh, I'm working on trying to track down a vintage one because I think it would be better if we just had a vintage one for when we're in older locations. And uh, we'll have the experiences uh, that we can share with you on the air. And, of course, if you want to come with us on Legend Trips events, just go to legendtrips.com, sign up for the email. We will be announcing very soon our Dead of Winter event at the Lizzie Boyd in Bed and Breakfast. It'll be coming up, we think, in February. We're just trying to nail down a date right now with Leanne of what works. But once we nail down that date, we will open that up only to the people on the mailing list first. That's people who have been to our events in the past and people who sign up for the list. You get first crack. There's only 30 tickets that we sell to these Lizzie Borden events, and they sell out pretty quickly, usually within the first day. So if you're interested in getting on board with that, make sure that you sign up at legendtrips.com. And uh, so far, Jeff had posted after the uh, Victorian event last weekend that we had raised over $16,500. Well, I checked the math. We've raised over $17,200 in all of these events that we've done over the last three years. So Legend Trippers, you have helped us raise over $17,000 to benefit these historic locations. That's amazing. It is. And when you think about it, not to toot our own horns here, but who else is doing this kind of you know, work out there that, that do these events. For everybody else, I mean, there's a lot of criticism about paranormal events. We saw, we had some this week. Some people yeah, were calling any, us out. Yeah, anybody that, you know, does these events, you're going to have your detractors. You're going to have the people that are either jealous, mm-hmm. misinformed, or, or just trying to be, you know, curmudgeons. Yeah, right. Uh, you, you, know. Uh, you, you know, you have a haunted location. We're trying to prove the existence of ghosts, so therefore you should always just let us in free whenever we want. <laughs> and that doesn't work. And so this is why we've been able to help raise these funds to help renovate these places. And, and, and that's why we'll continue to do that. So stay tuned to legendtrips.com because we will have so many events coming up in 2014, including some, some big things that we're working on that uh, hopefully we can pull it all together in the amount of time that we have. Uh, I, these events are totally worth it. And they're a bit apart from what other events are. Not to say that other events are bad, but we generally... Uh, donate the money we don't really make any profit out of this this is about for you know making things right for the places so that people can see these historical locations all right well i was trying (laughs) i think we're going to take a break because the computer wants us to when we come back on the other side we will be joined by our guest tonight karen dahlman to talk about her new book the spirits of ouija four decades of communication and you can check out her website creativevisionspublications.com by going to our website, SpookySouthCoast.com. And thank you. Thank you to GhostGal208. The name of the entity on the Ouija board last week was Laura Xavier. That was it. Laura. How could I forget? Because not only did we get it on the Ouija board, it actually came up during that session on my Ghost Speaker app on my tablet. So there you go. That's, I mean, th- that's pretty cool. What are the chances of that when you're communicating with the spirit over the board and then later it comes through your Ghost Speaker app? What about Blanger's little catch on his connect thing? That thing was kind of freaky. Oh, yeah. He actually caught on the connect camera system a second figure uh, when there was no other second figure. So that's something I can't wait. He's supposed to be posting that up on YouTube. And so once that is up there, we will definitely share it so you can check it out. And remember, Legend Trips 
is the only company where you can experience that Connect system when you go out and investigate with us. There's only three, and Bill Chapel has the other two, although Jeff did say that Bill is going to start making them for paranormal researchers. Uh, but right now, the only way you can see it in action is by coming to one of our events. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll be joined by Karen Dahlman to talk about her four decades of experience with Ouija boards. And she has a, an approach that is very unique and different. And for those of you who always... Uh, feel like the Ouija board is a tool of evil, you're going to want to hear what Karen has to say because she has had some phenomenally good things come out of the board. So we'll be right back in just a moment with more of WBSM's Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hey, man. What? You up? No. Wake up. I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on, it's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. I'm scared. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor, Matt Moniz, here to talk with you about the paranormal. Hey, what's, what's up with that look, you, you look perplexed. Because I'm not getting any vocals in my headphones. There they are. There you go. You got to just turn turn up turn up the gain, bro. That's all you got to do. No, bad wire in a headphone. Uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty much the case uh, with all these headphones. <laughs> really? No, it's 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 sad. We 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 should probably get some new headphones for ourselves. We should. Pawn shops, baby. Christmas is coming up pawn shops right if anybody would like to get you know i got the bose qc15s but i think these boys could use a pair if anybody wants right. to donate you know we could use a new laptop for spooky tv maybe a thermal imaging for legend trips <laughs> you know whatever wishful thinking it's fine whatever you want to donate we're good mm. we'll take Some, it all and non one non-perishable food items Right. Well, they, they laid those out. And thank you to everybody who came out to Cairns Across the Park. It was great meeting everybody today, especially so many Spooky South Coast fans coming by Cairns Across the Park. And they came out, and I said, I thought people that listen to Spooky South Coast don't come outside during the day. <laughs> but they do, and they came out in droves, and I, I'm pretty sure that we had a record-setting day for Cairns Across the Park. So many uh, non-perishable and canned goods for people and pets. So thank you to everybody that came out for that. It will all go to terrific use. All right, well, our guest tonight is Karen Dolman. She believes that self-empowerment is the key to living a richly rewarding and authentic life. She received her BA and MA degrees from the University of New Mexico. She began her professional career as an art psychotherapist, licensed counselor, hypnotherapist, and artist back in 1989. From her background and practice as a licensed and board-certified art psychotherapist and hypnotherapist, she invites people to tap into and unleash their own unique forms of creativity and in her new book, she invites you to use the Ouija board to help you connect with people on the other side who can help you do just that. And she does join us on the phone lines right now for her second go-round with us here on Spooky South Coast. Karen, I can't believe you came back. Thank you, Tim, for having me back. And hi to the two maps as well. You know, normally when, when a guest comes back, they, that makes them officially part of the Spooky family. So you are oh, now part you. of the family. Well, I appreciate that, and, and I, I'm happy to be a member. And with the new, when we had you on before, we talked about your first book, and we talked about your experiences with the Ouija board, but now the new book, it's really just about your own personal journey with the Ouija through the last four decades. 
Yeah, that's absolutely correct, Tim. The, the first book, as you recall, the, the Spirit of Creativity, Embodying Your Soul's Passion, was written with the help of my spirit friends using the Ouija board. So this book, the new book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication, really shows what was going on behind the scenes while I wrote that book, but also what's going on behind the scenes pretty much my entire life <laughs> while I was using Ouija. So there was such a reception to the first book and, and request to understand more about Ouija, and, and by the way, you say Ouija correctly, I love it, <laughs> and that I decided it was time to put down another book I was writing and go right to the Ouija book because... Um, that there's such a need to understand that this is an incredible tool with um, incredible results um, and not just scary stuff. Well, you know, you mentioned the scary stuff, and I think that there is still that stigma for a lot of people. Uh, we were, I was at Cairns across the park today, and I was talking to some of the listeners, and, you know, when they found out we were talking about Ouija, they said, hey, listen, I love the show. I don't know if I'm going to listen to tonight's episode because, I'm, uh, frankly, I'm scared of the topic. Well, what did you tell them? Did you tell them they might learn something new? Oh, I did, of course. I told them about your work and, and how you handle the boards and, and how uh, you've had so many positive experiences coming through it. But there is just that negative connotation, that connotation of evil when it comes to the Ouija board. Yeah, and, and you know, you gave some good examples. I was listening to your, your talk about the legend trips and some of the hauntings you were, you were working on. And, and yeah, but, you know, stuff like that can come through, which is negative and scary and I think that's what happens is we people don't use it enough or long enough to understand there's another whole realm or another flip side of the coin, if you will, that can be accessed through the Ouija. And the Ouija looks ominous in a way. It's, you know, it's the old graphic design from the 1890s, and its history of how it was used and stuff um, does not go at all with anything negative, but yet it had its turning point, and we talked about this before, Tim, and I know you know this, in 1973 with the release of the Exorcist movie. And that's when everything... Um, Went to hell in a handbasket quickly. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think the I think the, the Exorcist did uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of bad in that way. As great as the movie is, it is. Uh, it did put that fear into people uh, about so many topics within the paranormal. But I mean, before that, it was really it was it was a social thing. It was something that brought people together, not tore them apart. Yeah, you know, it was it was a household item. It was very popular in the early 1900s. Um, it was, after it came out, and people would have it pretty much in every household, and they would sit around and do the Ouija. I know in the 1940s, a great board came out, and it's a tray, it's a, but it's not, it's not a Ouija board, it's a talking board, um, and it's a tray that you would bring out your food, drinks, or desserts, um, desserts, and then you sit around and do Ouija on it afterwards. The mystifying, it's a, it's a mystic board made by a different company. Um, but, you know, it was such a natural, normal thing to do. People really, especially with World War I and all the loss of lives uh, and the war's carnage, they wanted a way to still communicate with their loved ones. And so spiritualism movement was, was huge around this time, as it had been since the 1850s, that it gave people a way to communicate more directly um, with more accuracy than maybe automatic writers did, or table tipping, or alphabet cards. So, so it was something that was easier to use for people, and people tend to have success with it, whether it's a negative experience or positive. Then it wasn't seen so negative, but I guarantee no matter when you, people did it, they probably did get that kind of response as well, just because of the nature of the board and when you get into paranormal um, research, as you know. Well, you get the same thing with EVP recorders. You know, sometimes the messages are benign and, you know, loving, and other times they're not so nice. Right. That's exactly right, Matt. 
So, so it's, it's no different than this is just another tool like the Frank's box or a, a divination tool that, that can be used, um, you know, to access the other side. Now, I don't just talk to, to dead people and spirits. I also talk to discarnate beings, meaning beings that have never been born, that have always been just of the source, of the, of the God source, they tell me, or of the healing light. And they have uh, different names and um, uh, re- reasons and purposes on their side, and they're, and they're also growing and evolving as we are, you know, in the physical form. And they love it when we reach out to them and ask for their help. This can be guides, guardians, or angels, um, and there's different names they have as well beyond that. Well, and of course, whenever anybody talks about the Ouija board, they talk about intent, and I think that that has a lot to do with who will come through. If you're somebody like yourself who's working in the light and wants to contact good spirits and good entities, that's what will happen. If you're you know, a bunch of Matt Monizes, 16 years old, listening to your Judas Priest records, and you pull out the Ouija board because you want to talk to the devil, well, then you're probably going to get the devil. <laughs> Poor Matt. I, I, I... <laughs> I'm speaking factually. I'm not picking on him. No, he's not far from the truth. Back in the early 80s, yeah, that would be something we would do, and it would be Iron Maiden, not Judas Priest. But. Um, no, well, Judas Priest is the one that went <laughs> yeah. through the lawsuit for it. Right. That's why I picked them. Well, for me, it was ACDC, but anyway. <laughs> there you go. But, but I mean, that is the case. I mean, intent does have a lot to do with who comes through, right? Absolutely. And, and in the book, and I'm sure you looked at that, on chapter four, I talk about the intentions and opening the circle and closing the circle. And what I mean is opening the session and closing the session and what you do in between. And that is so important to have the responses and the results that I've had. You know, it's from trial and error. I mean, like I said, I've been doing this over 40 years. I've done all the wrong things, <laughs> you know, and, and I've learned how to do it right, you know, just, just from experience. And I've learned, I watched the level and, and manner and type of communication I have and different beings I communicate with as a result of, you know, changing up my protocol, if you will, for how I do the board. When you first got started, and you share the story in the book of, about your first experience, you were pretty young for, for you know, to be able to use this and, and to realize the power of it. And I'm surprised that even though you had a positive experience, that you didn't come away being more scared of it being the age that you were. No, I, I, you're right, and I didn't. And um, the reason why is because I was already seeing spirits. I was already seeing ghosts. I've always had that ability to be in contact with spirit friends, and I don't know you could call them imaginary playmates. I might have been told that's what I saw, but I saw many different things in in my room during the day, at night, in different places. So I was used to that already. For me, that was that was more interesting. And to find a, a device now that I can actually communicate with these guys. That was thrilling. <laughs> it was thrilling and exciting. It gave me a way to begin to explain what it was I was experiencing when nobody else could, except tell me it was my, in my imagination, which I knew it wasn't. Well, the other thing, too, is that your your parents were supportive of it, and, and they ended up getting you a board for Christmas. Or maybe maybe it was Santa when you were that age, but you know, some, yeah, somebody Santa brought was, you a board. Santa was a good Santa. Gave me exactly what I wanted. It didn't, didn't always work that way, but that year... I did not want anything else but the Ouija board, and so it was it was a beautiful gift. <laughs> it was a great gift, and it was something that um, I enjoyed using. And was it an, it was just an off the shelf Parker Brothers board game version? Yeah, it was it, cause it was it was in 1973. So yeah, it was a, it's a Parker Brothers one. And in fact, I have it sitting here right with me. Um, and, and I it's the board I use the most. Um, all my spirit friends on the other side like to use that board more than the other ones I have, and I do collect boards as well. And I have a bunch of old ones. I have a um, 1902 board. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't match up to to Merch's collection, but whose does really? Heck no! I think he's bought them all. He's got like 500 or something of talking boards and Ouija boards together. Yeah, I'm jealous. He knows that. Uh, I, f- I thought I found like the one that he didn't have, and then uh, we skyped with him on it, and he's like, "Oh no, I've got like five or six of those." Like, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. He, he's got. He's the foremost expert and, and the historian and collector of those boards, and nobody can touch that. And he really, really understands the history of Ouija very well. In fact, I mentioned him, and he, I used his research in my book, um, and you probably noticed that too. And he uh, he's just a great guy, too, and a great resource. But when you're growing up now and you're using this board, and you share the stories about how, it, at least at first, you were using this quite a bit with your friends and, and your family, but that you went through a period of time when you kind of swept it under the rug and you kind of hid it from people that you used the Ouija board. Yeah, I did. I had to go underground. And, and, and you know, this, that, was, that was in, like, the 80s. And early eighties, I would say, I had to kind of go underground, and that was because I think in high school it was like you want to be you want to be the cool kid and not the weirdo. Right. And back then it wasn't normal to talk about paranormal stuff, really. Although I've always had an interest and I've always been around um, that kind of um, phenomenon, if you will, and, and then studying it. it. Yeah. So I had to go underground, and I felt like too as I was, um, you know, trying. Even once I got out of college, and I was you know, working as a therapist, that probably wouldn't go over so well. I'd probably be locked up in the hospitals in a straitjacket myself or be considered schizophrenic and put on meds if they thought I was talking to all kinds of spirits. So there was two times in my life I really tend I had to go underground with it. And, you know, now, it, well, I guess I'm not underground anymore. I'm kind of out in the open now. It's out right. there all and, over the place. <laughs> and, and now, you know, in addition to being a therapist, you're also a very successful businesswoman. And so you would be taking a risk uh, by, by associating yourself with this if you didn't feel so strongly that it was the right path for you to be following. That's a really good point. It's so true. And I have to think long and hard about this. I, I guess I got to a place in my, in my business life and then also in my personal life where I said, you know what? This has been such an important part of my life, and I've used it with many people for healing, to affect growth and change, and, and, you know, for myself, that I decided I have to share this. And I felt like, um, regardless of what people said, regardless of what people think, I still do my my work well. I still run my business well. And if they have an issue with that, then that's just ridiculous. Because what would I do personally, you know, it's it's a whole outside of the board. So I just came to terms with that myself. I can't blame anybody or anyone's faction. The reason why I went underground is more about my own decision. And when I felt comfortable with the information to really come out and share it, I I don't feel like such a kook about it anymore. (laughs) To me, it's such a natural thing to do to be able to be in, in contact with other existences of consciousness, including spirits and entities. That's just a, a normal thing for me because that really has been a normal thing throughout my life. Well, getting back to those early days, uh, and of course, if you'd like to, I mean, everybody can pick up the book, of course, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. And they can get that right from your website, uh, creativevisionspublications.com. But, uh, of course, we want people to, to get the book and to hear these stories themselves. But uh, why don't you just recount for everybody your first experience with the board? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah, and this one I don't really talk too much about on radio, so this is a good one to share. Um, I was young. I was age of eight, and I had two girlfriends who lived on the street. Uh, we all lived on Air Force Base. Our parents were in the Air Force, and so I lived, I grew up living all over the United States. So you learn to make friends quickly. You learn to get down to business, get to know them, and then you move. You know, it's that quick. So these, these gals invited me down to their house. We're playing, and they pulled out a board, the Ouija board. I was like, what the heck is this? You know, I 
hadn't really seen one. I think I might have not heard the word, but I didn't really know what it, about it. And then we started playing with it. And I say, and it was playing back then. There was no prayer or opening the circle or, you know, thinking positive or having an intent. We just pulled the board out and they said, watch this, this thing moves. And the two sisters started doing it, Brenda and Carrie. And then what happened was they said, get on and do it with us. It's me. And I said, oh, God, I'd love to. I said, well, what are you talking to? And they said, we're, we're, we talk to ghosts. And I said, okay. So we started doing it. And Carrie asked a silly question, you know, from the advertising back in the 70s that said, how do you spell relief? You know, R-O-L-A-I-D-S. Well, <laughs> that came through the board. And I thought, that's kind of funny. It has a sense of humor. Then I put, put my hands on it with her, and we all of a sudden this spirit came through. I'll call it that at the time. I didn't know what it was, and it talked to us as if it was a, another friend in the room. And it turned out she identified herself as a dead sister of the two girls. Now, I had no idea they had a dead sister. Uh, it turned out Brenda had a twin, and the twin had died shortly after birth. Never, never knew this. Now, they, of course, both knew, but um, I was just shocked. I said, what is this? And, the, and then the gal just started talking to us, the, the dead sister, as if she was in the room and she was, about, you know, playing with us and having just normal kid conversation. That right there, you know, shocked me in a strange way to think you can really talk to the afterlife on this board, which is what I've been wanting to do so I can hone in and find out what these, these creatures were, experience I had earlier on in life. So that's when I immediately ran home and told my parents the excitement and thinking, my God, this is, this is evolutionary and everybody's going to just be so excited. And I came home to my parents and they just said, well, you just push it with your hands. They didn't know what <laughs> they didn't know what they were going to get me into. Um, and that's when I asked for the Ouija board. I said, I've got to have one of these. We played with it for quite a few months before Christmas came. And that's when we started talking to all kinds of spirits and dead people. It was just, it was just great. <laughs> Now, could you, uh, at that young age, could you kind of pick and choose who you wanted to talk to? Could you bring forward certain spirits, or was it more just whoever kind of showed up at the time? Great question. It was pretty much whoever showed up. However, the sister came through quite a bit. And she came through because now she had a way to talk to her, her sisters as well and be a part of our fun and play. So we talked to pretty much anything that came through. And there was nothing negative that came through at that young age. And, and i got to be honest, I'm kind of surprised. Um, especially when I hear everybody else's stories, um, what they experience. Not that I haven't experienced some negative um, responses or communications on the board, which I have, um, but that didn't happen early on, which is shocking. And, and I think we were very well um, guarded. I think that's the reason why we didn't have them. Well, do you think that maybe it's because, you know, you might have also had a natural uh, protection, a natural light about you that would keep those type of things away? It would be fun to believe that. You know, I don't really know. Um, I know that I, I do have ability to see spirits, but I never put that together at that age to think that's, you know, I didn't know we should be afraid of this board. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. And since I never had any kind of real negative stuff come through until I was quite a bit older in my 20s, I had no idea you could have negative experiences on this board. People didn't really talk about it really in the 80s or 70s that much. That's why I never knew there were negative things going on. It wasn't until I got a lot of older people started telling me, Oh my God! Don't touch a board. You're evil. And then I realized, wow, there's some other phenomenon going on for these people that I can't quite explain. Now, what about in those early days? Did you ever try to contact any famous ghosts? Oh yeah, you sure? Benjamin Franklin, Leonardo da Vinci. You know, all my favorite guys. Yeah, we we tried. We didn't get that. We didn't get that stuff. That didn't come through. Um, Probably a little busy, you know. 
I think they're busy. They might have reincarnated, and you know, it's probably inventing, they're probably inventing other things on the other side right now. You know what I mean? So no, I didn't get anything anybody famous like that. I would have been thinking, you know, early seventies. I would have been going after like Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> oh. Right? No, we did. Uh, we have. There's been times we need to try to talk to um, people that were dead from um, um, people that were in the music scene that were dead, but and movie stars. That never happened. That didn't come through. Well, that's not exactly true. I will say this: when I got older, I did speak to Sharon Tate. Oh wow! Really? Really? Yeah, is that an interesting one? What What did she have to say? Well, that's in my book. I don't want to give too much of it away. It's in the section of the book called um, Sharon, Jay, and oh. Stephen. And that's Jay Sebring and, and Stephen Parents was a young man out front who was killed that horrific night. Um, he was the one that was killed first who was not even related to the group. They had a lot to say, and I think you're going to I'm have to leave that for the book. Sure. I do, disclose, I do disclose some interesting facts about that case. Well, and if anybody wants to get the book again, you can do so by getting it from Karen's website, creativevisionspublications.com. Is it also available on Amazon? It is. And, and by the way, um, you can also just go to karenadalman.com. Those two uh-huh. websites are tied up. The other thing is if you buy it from me, you'll get an autographed copy. Um, and by the way, if you like Amazon, go to amazon.com. The Kindle version's there as well as the paperback version. There you go. And that, these days, you know, you, you could probably get a, an ebook version and uh, you could have a, a Ouija board right on your tablet with it at the same time. So, you, you know, you could be reading the book and reading about your experiences and also jump on your own little Ouija. I tried doing it on, on my um, on my tablet, but I didn't like the the electronic planchette. I felt like it was you didn't have the same type of feel to it like you do to a real one, you know. Yeah, I have all those um, apps, too. I think I have about 10 or 11 of them, and they're all on my tablet, too, and they're kind of fun to mess around with. But, yeah, they don't work, unfortunately. They don't work. And, and I think part of it is, you know, you have to have that physical connection with it, and, and you can't get that through the screen. You can't have, you know, the skin on, cardboard, skin on wood, whatever it may be, contact, where your own body can serve as a conduit. I think that's a good point. I, I believe that, too, because it is a conduit you set up. It's an it's a exchange of energy between the two people operating the board and between the energy on the other, on the other side. I see the other side tongue-in-cheek because I don't know what else to call it. Let's just call it into the other dimension. And that energy there matches with our energy, and that's when you get into intent and like attracts like kind of um, concept, and that's how they do come through. It's through frequency. So things really did pick up for you when you went to college and when you started using the board uh, with your sorority. And what was that like just in those early days of of trying to uh, convince them that you're not weird for wanting to use the Ouija board? Well, um, I guess about that point when I was doing it in the college with all the girls and other people in the, in the, on down on Greek Row, it was my senior year when I really got into the heyday of it to really um, – open people's eyes and mind to it. I was so excited about it. You know, I said, hey, we just going to go to college with me, and everybody's going to learn about it. I was met with a lot of skeptics at first. And I'm sure that uh, when, when you did pull it out for the first time, you had a lot of gasps and a lot of, uh, oh, my gosh, put that away. You know, I, I was told that, you know, you never mess around with those things. There, there's all those uh, stigmas that are associated with it that, you know, it probably doesn't take much for a, a college-age person to overcome some of those stigmas. You're right. At the college age, we're all um, into inquiry and learning and investigation and pushing our, pushing our boundaries and going outside and, of who we are. And also re- we are. rebelling against what you were told when you were younger, too. Don't forget that part. I'm sorry, say it again, Tim? Also rebelling against what your parents told you when you were younger. 
exactly. Now's the time to really experience it, you know. And I remember I, I would tell my parents I was doing this. My dad just thought I was a coot. My mom said, I, she tells me this day, I don't remember you telling me all these stories. Uh, but she does remember quite a few when we go, when we hash through it again. She's like, oh, yeah, you did talk to so-and-so and tell me that. Yeah, I, was, I pulled it out, and I had a girlfriend and a shorty who – did the floor with me just amazingly. Probably one of the best operators I've had. I've had a few over the years that have been really good. Um, we sat down and immediately the messages came through. They, they flew. She had a board from the 1950s that belonged to her family. It was a larger board, and it, it, was, it was actually made by the Fold Company before Parker Brothers had it, of course, because Parker Brothers took it over in 66. Um, so we used this larger size board, and we just flew and had the messages come. And people were really curious what we were doing because we were getting messages for alumni that were out of the story that, that would, would um, i call up and say, come here, and i got some stories to tell you. And they, they would tell me, knock it off, Karen, where are you getting this information from? Because I was telling them down, down low and dirty what they used to do in the fraternity house. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. It was fun. I was learning so much. But um, I brought these people in, and, and it scared them, really. It really scared them because they, they wanted, they were curious and wanted to know more, but boy, this must be witchcraft or magic or something crazy. And to me, no, it's just, this is just normal. You know, this is just picking up a phone and talking to someone. That's what it felt like. So one character did come through on the, on the, the board and started to monopolize most of our sessions. And that's when you get into some kind of negativity when a spirit comes through and it just takes over and won't let you put the board away. It doesn't want you to or, or it's, it, it's just so chatty. And that spirit, too, we started doing poltergeist activity in the house. So then I got the reputation as the witch of Greek Row, <laughs> my <laughs> friend and I did, because we were, we were doing this stuff in the house and word was growing. So then other fraternities started doing it, and sorties did, too, doing the Ouija board. It was just such a, I don't know, it was a grass, grassroots movement, I guess, we started out there. Um, but we had some great sessions that came through, too, that really opened people's eyes. And in my book, one person that was in present during this incredible session that happened in the sorority house, she's written, she written up a, a write-up in my book at the back that talks about her experience and how it changed her life forever. And then there's a, a gentleman in, in the book, too, that was around that during that time who also wrote about his experience with me and the board. It, it was just um, a great time to for all of us to... Boy, try to expand our minds, and, and boy, I pushed it. We we did that. We expanded our minds to the use of the board. I can just picture uh, what it was like back then. You know, uh, people are knocking on the door like with a you know a case of beer. Like we came to party, we brought the beer. You're like, yeah, yeah, but who brought the board? Right. Forget the board. Just get bring the beers in. You know, and, and back then when I was doing spirits I was spirits. I wasn't, I wasn't drinking while I was doing it, but there were times when I did, and that brings in. Oh, all kinds of negativity. Sure. So we didn't really understand all that then. I, I kind of learned back then through trial and error as well on that level. Well, we have a question here. I'm, I'm assuming we have a call coming in, so I'm assuming it's a question for our guest, Karen Dahlman. If you have any questions throughout the course of the program, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Karen Dahlman. Do you have a question for Karen? Hello, you're on the air. Going once, twice. Okay, you know what? You can send that question via Ouija board. If you need to. 
I'll pick it up over here on mine with my planchette. There you go. And uh, but you, you do mention in the book that uh, you did start to have regular uh, spirits that were coming through that were kind of guiding you along in the process. Is that is that something that somebody should try to find if they are going to start using a board regularly? Should they find a guide on the other side that can help them better use the board? Absolutely, and those guys will find them too. Yes, and I had one, and her name was Wilma Jean, and that's probably the one you're referring to that came through right. originally and, and was like a bouncer, a guide, a guardian on the other side. Fabulous, fabulous woman. And her energy, her countenance in, in spiritual form was just, was just phenomenal. She was very helpful and patient with me as I, w- I would push the boundaries at times and, um, in the communications. But she was great. And yeah, I, I recommend that there is somebody – whether it's an angel, and I have an angel that I also work with too, or special uh, ethereal beings, because they will help open and close the session with you. They will make sure only that like energy comes through. They'll make sure you're safe, protected, and they'll push others out, or they'll wrap a wrap light around them. I, I've done some spirit release that you probably read about in the book, and doing that, I, I can't do it all on my end. On this side of the board, I need the help from the other side of the board. Because after all, that's what those spirits are that need help. And, and you said that you worked with angels directly. I mean, what was the first when you first made that experience? What were the emotions that you felt making connection with a being like that? Well, um, probably no different than my other beings. And I remember her. Her name's Mary Angel. Uh, such a simple name, but um, it was. Yeah, she said, I've always been here, and I've always felt her in other forms. I always knew there was a guardian angel. Now, I was raised Catholic, and Catholics do believe in angels um, and guardians, guardians and stuff of that nature. So that was really kind of common for me. But to be in contact with her like I was over the board and have been and still am was a new experience. Don't she was very um, motherly in a way or sisterly, very gentle with me. And, in fact, that first book I wrote, The Spirits of Creativity, she helped me with a lot of that book. She was one of the spokespeople that came through and brought other spirits to the book to help me write that. She's very healing, and I felt that of her of presence. wasn't so emotional. Um, I think Wilma Jean was probably more emotional because I had to let her go into the light. But uh, Mary Angel, because she, she's always been there, and she shows up in other forms sometimes in my life as an animal, a bird, a, a cat. I think I wrote in the book about when she showed up as a cat. Um, I, I just... She's just very um, powerful, and she's also very demure with her energy as well. It's it's more of a just a, a gentle feeling I have when I communicate with her. All right, well, we are talking with Karen Dahlman. She is the author of the new book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. And we will be discussing Ouija boards with her again coming up in the next hour as well. If you have any thoughts or questions, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. It would help, too, if I actually held the book up to the Spooky TV camera instead of showing everybody the backside of it. But uh, And you can watch us on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com and on WBSM.com as well. When we come back in the next hour, I want to get more into some of your personal experiences, Karen, and I want to talk more about some of these beings that you've been able to make contact with. And uh, also, you know, we've got our board here, and I know that you've probably got one handy. Let us know if anything starts coming through because, you know, I, I'm Jim Morrison. Assist senior citizens. Still talk to us now. That's still possible. 
Look, they're already communicating with us through the computer, too. I heard that. Yeah, it happens. I'll try to fix that coming up. All right. Well, we'll be back coming up in just a little bit here on Spooky South Coast. Again, if you have any questions or comments and you'd like to call in, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Those are the numbers. You can also tweet us at WBSM1420. Or if you'd like to tweet the show directly, you can tweet us at SpookySC. And, of course, you can get a hold of us anytime during the week with that. And uh, follow, uh, pay attention to our Twitter feed because we're going to be giving away some DVDs of Jeff Belanger's brand new New England Legends PBS series. So we'll have those that we'll be giving away next week, but we'll have some clues on how to win them coming up on Twitter at Spooky SC. All right, we'll be back in just a bit. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. Presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Welcome back. Our number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. I'm glad you guys weren't just paying attention a moment ago because you didn't see me do that for like the 30th time today where I went to pull down. I went to pull down my cans. Pull down your cans. I went to pull down my cans for the start of the show, yeah. and my cans were over there. Uh, I was doing that all day. I was like, oh, let me w- wait. Where are my headphones? Cans are headphones, by the way. Right. Don't know. The industry jargon that we use yes. here, uh, which we're not even sure if we use the right terminology anymore. That's fine. Uh, we, we're just using what we learned from WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> Which is fine by me. When Venus Flytrap used to get mad when Dr. Johnny Fever used to use his cans. <laughs> you know, where'd you leave my tapes? Where's my carts? I actually, uh, last Saturday morning, I didn't get a chance to tell you guys, but last Saturday morning I was in here doing the Saturday morning show, and the computer crapped out on me. And so I had no ability to take a break in order to figure out how to fix the computer. So I'm trying to do it on the fly. And I'm like, if only we had all these commercials and things on carts. Just for a backup? Right. We get the cart machine over there, right? right? That works. Yeah. But no such luck. So I was able to reload the computer while we we're on the air. But man, that's that's a scary thing to have happen to you. Yeah, you depend so much on the technology that when the technology fails, you're kind of up a creek. Which is pretty much how we are every Saturday night. It's a, we were just talking during the commercial break. The amazing difference between you know how great of a job we do <laughs> during the day when we're here, and <laughs> it's just because it's 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 late in the night. I think it's that, and I think the pressure is off when it comes to Spooky South Coast because you know all the station management's in bed. Yeah, you know they don't they don't download the podcast, so we feel like you know it's kind of like we get to come in here and the, the you know the inmates are running yeah. the asylum for a couple hours every week. But you know during the day we're a lot more precise. You know we hit everything where we're supposed to hit it, and everything fires off correctly. I also think part of it too is that you know they might intentionally be sabotaging us. I think so. There. That could be part of it, too. Conspiracy theories abound. Speaking of conspiracy eight theories. years? Why not? <laughs> okay. Why not? Somebody could have it in for us. We don't know. But uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, next Saturday night here on Spooky South Coast, we're going to talk about the Kennedy assassination because it will be the 50th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination coming up this Friday. And on Saturday night, we're going to revisit that topic. And uh, we're we're trying to book some guests that can come on and discuss it. Mm -hmm. I do have an email out to Jesse Ventura because he does have a new book out on the topic. There are also a couple other authors who have new books out as well, of course, being the 50th anniversary. So we'll see uh, if we can actually nail down one of those guests. We'll announce it on Twitter and on our Facebook page and on SpookySouthCoast.com. And then we'll also take your calls 
I talked about it Thursday afternoon when I was filling in for Phil Paleologus for three hours, nonstop calls from people agreeing with me that there was more to the story than just Lee Harvey Oswald being right. a lone gunman oh, yeah. and being a lone nut. And I was surprised that we had so many people that believed in the idea of a conspiracy and were not trying to portray Oswald as acting alone. I thought I'd get you know a good amount of those people, but only one caller. And uh, we had a little bit of a debate, and that was fun. Even Ellen Ratner from, uh, from Fox News, uh, she was our special guest at, at the 4 p.m. hour to talk about the daily headlines, and we discussed it. And even she thinks that there's something that went on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Fox News thinking there was a conspiracy against a Democrat. Right. That's the key. If he was a Republican, I'd be all right, you know, but against a Democrat. But uh, tonight we are talking, of course, about Ouija boards with our guest Karen Dahlman. Uh, her new book is called The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication, which you can get from her website, KarenADahlman.com, or CreativeVisionsPublications.com, both of which are linked up to the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. And, uh, and Karen, real quick, I'll put you on the spot. What do you think? Kennedy assassination, conspiracy, or lone nut? Conspiracy. What did the board tell you? I didn't ask the board, but you know what? I think I might take that in now since it's November 22nd is the anniversary of the death. I will look into it myself. Well, we also had a call come in during the news break from a listener who said, you should try to contact the spirit of Andy Kaufman <laughs> with all the, all the Andy Kaufman news this week. You know, find out if he's really on the other side of that thing or if he's... You probably wouldn't in. get a straight answer. Yeah. That's true. So, <laughs> uh, You know it's him when it spells out, thank you very much. So, but that was some very interesting news uh, that happened this week with all of that. But there are a lot of questions that are popping up in the chat room on SpookySouthCoast.com on our Spooky TV page. And the question that has popped up the most, both there and on our Facebook page, people want to know if you do any kind of protection ritual before you use one of these boards. I absolutely do. Great question. I'm glad people are, everybody's thinking about it. Yeah, I do. And, you know, it's not just the moment I'm using the board that I protect myself. It's throughout my, just my, my life. I do, I have my own spiritual practices that are outside of the board. I I do my meditations, my journaling, my communication with, with my guides, my source. And I take the time to do that on a regular basis. So I don't have to feel like I just protect myself right when I come to the board, but yet I do that too. There's always somebody else with me in the room when we do the board, uh, a board, another board operator. There may be people that come and sit and listen um, or to hear messages or interact. So I, I do protection for all of us. And that's a really important thing to do to live that way in the intention of, of, of the good thoughts, but to continue that too when you do any kind of sacred work, special work, spiritual work, to continue that, to have that energy of intention and also protection. Great question. It's funny because when we pulled out the board last week at the Haunted Victorian Mansion in Gardner, Mass., uh, I pulled it out, and somebody immediately said, well, aren't you going to do any kind of protection for yourself? And I said, well, I don't. I said, I just have a, a, an SOP when I go into these investigations that nothing is following me home, and that is kind of my uh, my reserve and my resolve when I go into it, so I don't think that I'm at risk. But I told other people, if you feel like you need to, then absolutely you should definitely do some sort of uh, ritual, and, and they all did. And they, you know, everybody else except me did. So, I mean, nothing followed me home, and I know I'm good. I haven't checked with everybody else yet. Yeah, you know, Tim, and that brings up a good point. Our thoughts can create that negativity. Our thoughts can make things worse than they really are. Our mind and imagination can get away with us. So if we're doing a session and all of a sudden something moves in the room, we automatically attribute it to the Ouija board. 
I've right. heard so many stories about that that they're bad because uh, a picture fell or moved or something, and they think it's the Ouija board. Well, it's not the Ouija board. But I, but I, like you just said, you go home, you know, nothing's going to follow you home, and and that's true. That's your intent behind it. You you won't be affected by it. I have a rule with any spirits that want to communicate with me or, or pop up and show themselves to me that they cannot go in my bedroom. They cannot do that. That's one space they cannot ever cross, and they don't. Is it because I just said that? Well, yes, Is it, but it's also because I believe that, and I know that. I know that to be the truth for me. So if anybody has any fears or trepidation to using the board, don't recommend it. You can you can use it, but definitely do, like you said, uh, some kind of protection and some kind of prayer, some type of uh, mantra that keeps you safe. I, I absolutely agree with that. And another question that came up was somebody asked if you ever record, video record, your sessions with the board. You know, I haven't. You know, this is not something I was going to bring out in the public. Um, but what comes to my mind lately is using like an EVP. Uh, Frank's box kind of thing, and, and and find out what's going on, what's being said behind that I can't hear, and also record it. And that's people brought that to my attention quite a bit since uh, this last book came out. So that's something I'm considering doing really soon, and, and also considering putting some of these recordings up on my own YouTube page, as well as um, some kind of interactive website where people can see us really using the board and how it works for us. Because when the board works for us, it works fast and furious and quickly, and messages come through and paragraphs and pages, and it's not um, just sometimes one or two words. Well, it can be that, too. But there's some just phenomenal stuff that happens, and I really would like to show people that. I know people still think we're pushing it. I'm okay with that. I know the messages I'm getting. I know where I stand and my partners that do it with me stand, so that's okay. But, I, but I'm willing to do that, and I'm going to take this a little bit deeper and further, and I like that. That question that somebody just asked, because that's exactly what I've been um, working up in my own mind and trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. Uh, when we were doing our event in Wareham, we had a board that was talking about a particular person and a few, uh, let's call it personal items uh, that pertain to them. And then the messages transferred over to another board now this dealt with a, a couple that weren't that wasn't touching the board at that time but yet have you had uh instances where people have done Ouija's in separate rooms and coming up with the same pieces of information no i haven't but it, this is matt right correct well, okay. well we're both mad if it's not tim speaking so <laughs> it feels like a matt feels like a tim uh, you know um, because I just came out with this book, and, and every time I was doing Ouija all these years, I was not thinking of it as a major, really, experiment, although I experimented with different levels of consciousness to speak with, such as my higher self or animals, dead and alive. And, and there's other things I've spoken to, too. I, I haven't quite gone into all that yet in my first book. There'll be a part two, trust me on this. But I love what you're bringing up because that somebody else contacted me, and I've been contacted by quite a few closet Ouija-ers. I said Ouija that time. Ouija-ers um, <laughs> that wanted experiments like this with me, psychics and also mediums and, and some people that do Ouija with great results, such as some of the results I'm getting. So, so these things are all going to be coming up in, in the near future, and I know it's going to be end up in some kind of book or forum, because I, this lets, lets us explore, because we don't really know what all this is, right? I can only tell you I think it's an entity. I'm going to say this. This gives us an opportunity, these, which we're talking about here, to really begin to explore consciousness and how it moves and transforms around within ourselves, between each other, 
and amongst maybe like multiple boards, like you said, or different locations. Because when I talk to my spirits, they do tell me that some of them work with many other people. Some are more exclusive to me because of the kind of work we're doing and kind of questions I'm asking, where a lot of them can talk to many, and in the blink of an eye is what they love to tell me. Blink of an eye, they're, they're there with somebody else working with them, whether it's in dreams, a board, or some other manner. And by the way, spirits also tell me, too, let's get back in all the levels of consciousness, they do a lot of work with us in our dreams. So what I would tell people who are very interested in doing this type of work, because it's quite profound, that's all I can say, start to remember your dreams and write them down, because your dreams will decode a lot of some of the stuff you're getting from the board, as well as you'll get even more messages in your dreams from the same characters that you're talking to on the board. It's, it's really quite interesting. Can I make a recommendation for an experiment? I would love to hear it, and I'm going to write it down. Tell me. All right. Uh, set up, say, two boards in separate locations, preferably, you know, even cities apart. And you have one person that is there that writes down three questions and folds it up in whatever means, in other words, so the people on the board can't see. And uh, a group... That, like I said, that's in the other location does the same thing. And you ask the board to answer the questions that are written down on the other team's list. Let's see, uh, see what kind of information that they, they give. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is the person that's the writer would write down three questions that our team doesn't answer. It's Correct. the team that's in another look. Oh, love that. I'll tell you what, we, what I have done. That's a great, and I, and I wrote that down, and I love it because I have um, some people out there who want to start doing this with me. <laughs> We're doing our own little behind-the-scenes Ouija work. Are you familiar um, with Skype? I'm sorry? Are you familiar with the application Skype with webcams? Oh, yeah. I use Skype all the time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, that's one way you can help uh, validate back and forth. You're, you, you're, you're Skyping with each other, and that way you can see the results real time. Excellent. Excellent suggestion. Um, that's perfect. I like that. I wrote that down. Um, Let me know yeah. the results. <laughs> Into, this gets into uh, one uh, experiment I've kind of worked with, and I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do an experiment. It's just the fact that I just know uh, how the board works for me and, and, my, and all my partners that I did it with. Is somebody can come in that in the room and sit there, speak in their head, and ask a question. Board's going to answer without them even saying it out loud. Of course, we have no idea what they just asked, but the board's going to answer whoever, whoever it's, and I said the board, um, the spirit on the other side is going to answer whoever they're fixated on or, or want to talk to that night. Um, I, I have open message circles at my home, and people come to this, and I say sometimes to them, you know, if there's something really personal you want to ask, um, you can do that in your mind, and they're going to answer you. And sometimes we're in the middle of a sentence and, and on a whole different topic, and somebody's thinking something else in their head, and quickly the board shifts and will answer their question. And, and it's just really interesting because it's not now uh, you know it could be telepathy i guess maybe i'm reading somebody's mind and i'm able to push it and magnetism and all that good stuff we don't know but the fact that it works so well and this happens uh, it's pretty impressive well, we are talking with karen dolman she's the author of the new book the spirits of ouija four decades of communication and you had mentioned uh running evp while using the board and one of the things that I had running last week when we were using the board at the Victorian Mansion is I had my Ghost Speaker app on my tablet running, which is similar to an Ovilus. I don't know if you're familiar with that with that app. I'm not, actually. 
Sorry, I had to cough there. It's uh, it's actually. Uh, it's similar to the Obelisk where it has a built-in dictionary and the spirits can supposedly grab whatever word they want to use to communicate and it just spits it out. And this happens, you know, very – it's very randomly and very uh, often you'll hear people try to make a narrative out of what's coming out of it. But you really can't. It's a lot of nonsense. But these, these words do sometimes come out that are pertinent to the situation. And we were using the board and it spelled out the name Laura Xavier as the name of the entity we were talking to. And during that session – the ghost speaker app spat out the name Laura. So, you know, you've got over 10,000 different words in there, including, I'm sure, a couple thousand names. So to have that come out at the same time that the board was saying it, it at least raised my eyebrows a little bit. Yeah, I heard you mention that earlier. I wanted to ask you what that app was. That's, that's great. It's free, too. Um, that's the best part about it. Yeah, no, that's exactly. I, I like that even better. <laughs> And that's the the best part about these ghost research apps is if, if I have to pay for them, I'm not going to download them. But if they're free, I'll give them a shot, even though if they turn out to be nothing more than a novelty, at least it didn't cost anything. Whereas opposed to, you know, going out and buying a piece of equipment, you're going to pay $400 for something that you I might not know. be sure how to use. I know. I've, I've been hesitant to go spend that kind of, drop that kind of cash when I get great uh, just messages over the board. But but now I'm more curious now in, 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 with, with the paranormal community to find out what else is going on behind the scenes as we're communicating. Because, you know, sometimes they appear. Um, I, I have friends that are very psychic that do the work with me, and they will see the apparitions in the room. I've seen them before, too. Um, stacked up and you can feel the energy there's we have intuitives so we're doing that on that level but i'd like to now record it um and go a whole nother level that i haven't gone to yet so i appreciate any suggestions that your team has as well as some of your um your your, your the listeners to the show well, if anybody has any suggestions for Karen or any questions, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. So now this is something that you do pretty much on a daily basis now, right? Are you communicating oh, with entities? No. <laughs> no. That'd be obsessive. No. Um, I, I would do it. I probably do it about once every two weeks, sometimes, sometimes once a week. But it, no, it's not all the time. It's You, you don't want to do it all the time. I, I've seen people become obsessed by it. It becomes obsessive because it's, it's interesting, it's cool, it's, especially in the beginning. It's sure. so fascinating, and you start getting messages that are specific to you. It's like, oh, my God, I'm getting this attention or this information. And, you know, it's not always right, it's not always accurate, but it's, it's easy to become attached to any kind of tool outside yourself. I I've seen really it happen. highly recommend people to develop their own internal self, their own internal self in their own way. This is just one little tool, very profound tool, one little tool I use in one way. It's not my only way and it's not all the time. No, no, heck no. Well, I've seen it happen where where people will get like a, a Frank's box device and become so obsessed by it that they have to, especially if they've made a connection with one of their own loved ones who have passed on, somebody that they miss greatly. Uh, And it just, it becomes all consuming. And uh, that's, uh, I wanted to ask you, like, how do you turn off, you know, how do you know when it's a good time to end it? And and how do you know when you can devote the time to it where you won't be becoming obsessive about it? Yeah, great question. When I was younger, uh, like in the sorority house, let's just say that, um, it was easier if we wanted to do it more often. Everybody's like, oh, my God, Karen, show me, do it. Let's go do it. And and then, you know, I, I had the spirit they wanted to talk to. She, she took over and was very um, domineering and wanted to talk to us all the time. Um, it, that, wasn't, that wasn't a good thing. You really, the people that are doing the session, when you're going into another realm, another dimension, it's, it's, you, you kind of have to know how to traverse it. I'm not saying I know how to traverse it. I'm just saying I'm comfortable with it. And, and I understand that 
you don't overextend your welcome in a way. Um, also, on my board, my friends on the other side, they tell me they're done. I don't think I'm done, but they say, we're done for the evening, we're done for the day, we're tired, energy's not good, we're, we're complete, we can talk another day. And I also set up sessions with my partners. I'll say, can you do the Ouija this week and what day works for you and what time? And then we'll set that up a couple hours at the most, and then we'll have a conversation afterwards when we're done. We'll end it, too. We just make sure we have a lot enough time to do it, enough time to ingest it, to close the circle and talk about it. And then we don't do it again until probably, you know, several days or could be two weeks. It's on a month later. You know, that, that's how it works. We don't do it all the time. And I'm glad our lives are busy. we got other things to do. <laughs> Right. You, and you don't want to end up, you know, one of those people that's just sitting there in the dark all the time with your Ouija board, clutching it and, you know, going through withdrawals when it's out of your hands. And uh, I'm sure that that does happen to a lot of people. You can become a Ouija-olic, I guess. Yeah, I think I, I think it does. Uh, in fact, it did happen to a gal I knew in the sorority without saying any names. She wanted to do the board. And uh, I think I brought my smaller board down. I did. And then the larger board that my other girlfriend and I were using went to this other gal. And she just started doing it every day. And then I, I got word that she wasn't going to class. <laughs> she was just too obsessed with it. And I, I felt responsible because I was when they kind of opened the whole can or Pandora's box, the sorority house. Mm-hmm. So I went up to her room and I just went into her room. I said, you got to quit this stuff right now. This is ridiculous. You could do it every now and then. But by no means should be doing this every day and skipping class. I mean, this is ridiculous. And I, she swore she wouldn't, but I still heard she was still doing it. I'm not sure how she turned out today, but I know she did it for quite a long time afterwards. She talked to that spirit of ours that was very domineering, that just didn't want to move on, that, that wanted to be in control and never wanted to, to die. So it was an earthbound spirit. And it's just, it wasn't a positive experience um, to, to, to work with that kind of energy. And it's never positive to do the board that often, as cool as it may seem. It just isn't. And now you have a, a certain space where you do it, too, as well, right? Or where you try to do it? I do. Um, I tend to do it in the same spot. It's um, at my dining room table. Um, I have it set up because, you know, you want to create a space. And it could be, and I'm talking about a literal space, too. And it's also a metaphorical space. But the space is a space literally is a space where you come to. You, you light a candle. You, you might do incense. Whatever makes sense for you to, to move yourself from the mundane into the sacred. They come out of the real world, uh, the real world, um, I don't know if the world's real anymore. Um, you come out of the world in which you live in your life physically, and then you enter into the space where it's more sacred, revered. And I do that by going to the same literal space, my dining room table, light the candle, um, say our prayer. Um, we do a breathing exercise that's in my book. I, I've got the opening prayer um, that I use in my book, too. It's a great protection prayer. I've, I developed it over the years. And, and that's how we do our work. Then when we're done... The board goes back in its box. It's back in, in to where I get it from, or back on my shelf, because I do keep a lot of my boards out for on display. And then the planchette goes away, the candle goes out, we move away from the table, and we go into now a different room to talk about what just happened. It, it, you need to be able to transform the energy of yourself into that sacred space and then out of it again. So you close it. You always got to close when you go into another realm. You got to open it and then always close it. Closing is just as important as opening it. And I think that that's something that people too often forget, especially when they get freaked out and they run away. You know, that's, you're, yeah, le- you're leaving exactly. an open portal there, folks. It's an open portal. And uh, also, let me give you an experience I had. I, I, I bought this board a few years ago on eBay. And I, oh, it was a 1902 board I bought. I had it for several years. 
and I, I just put it out of my house, and I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll clear it. And I do clear my boards when I get them from somebody else. And I didn't do that, and I set it out. Well, that evening, or that night, I should say, I was awoken uh, to looking out my bedroom door towards the area where the boards are kept in the living room, dining room area. I could see out that hallway. All of a sudden, there's these entities walking towards my room. They can't, now, I can't come to my room. And already, that's already clear. That's already a space they can't cross. Mm-hmm. They were lined up. And different period costumes backed up by 12, 15, 20. I don't know. They kept going back. And as soon as I opened my eyes and saw this, I'm not afraid, but it's just like, gosh, Karen, you made a big mistake there. What what, what were you thinking? I thought, oh, I'll just take care of it tomorrow. Well, it was an open board, okay? Not all boards have always been closed. Like you said, you might feel like I run away. Nothing negative, but as soon as I opened my eyes, I I saw the the mannerisms of some of the spirits just shake their hand like, dang, you know, that kind of shoot, she woke up kind of thing, because they wanted to talk. And so I took that board, and I used salt. I'll use, like, um, salt. I'll use dirt on it. I do anything I can to get it back to the elementals. Elementals, I'll, I'll put on it. Stones, crystals, clear it, and say a prayer. That's really all I do. And then I can set it back out with the other boards. And then I got on that board and used it, and sure enough, there was, it was like, you know, that circuit board, um, you know, back in the old-fashioned days with the, the, the phone, you have, you have right, party yeah. lines and you have switchboard operators, and all these different calls come together at one time. It, everybody's trying to talk. I said, hold on, bouncer guide on the other side, please, one person at a time, I can talk to you. So it was really quite fascinating, but, yes, close the board, open a board, clear your boards, and you get something that's a new board that you um, it came from somebody else, especially on eBay. You don't know where, or you pick it up at a house or a garage sale. Clear them. For sure. Absolutely. You never know what can be attached. Well, we are talking with our guest, Karen Dolman. She's the author of The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. We're going to take a break. But if anybody has any questions for Karen, any thoughts, any maybe some stories to share about your personal Ouija experiences, give us a call, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. You can also tweet us at WBSM1420 or at SpookySC. We will be back in just a moment with more with Karen Dahlman here on Spooky South Coast. Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. It blew books off shelves from 20 feet away and scared the socks off some poor librarian. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. This looks extraordinarily bad. <laughs> Welcome back. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor, Matt Moniz. And we are joined tonight by our guest, Karen Dolman. She is the author of the new book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. And when we talk about communication, Karen, we're, you, know, you mentioned talking to uh, both human and non-human entities, but you can also communicate with animals through the board as well. Yes, that's correct. You can communicate with all kinds of levels of consciousness. Um, I've been. I've done a lot of work with the animals. I've spoken with my alive cats. I yes, I did say alive, very much alive, and also dead animals. Um, I've, I've been able to speak with uh, other people's dead animals that have come through. It's a little different with the animals because it, basically how they explain to me is that one of our spirit friends on the other side. I just always call everybody spirit friends if I've gotten to know them. They're, they're like friends. They've been with me for years and sure. years, right? Yeah. Um, so they have to work with us and then with the animal, because the animal doesn't speak, uh, you know, our language. They, they, the animals think it's a funny, almost strange request. 
because they tell us that they speak to us through their eyes. You look in the animal's eyes and you just feel. You just kind of know when they want to eat, and and you know, and they, there's there's a level of consciousness that they connect with us on a on that kind of level, and it's a body language level as well. So to them, it's kind of a joke, but they'll do it to humans because they love their owners. They they love their mom and dads. So they're they're human people, and and so what happens is a spirit on the other side, one of our guides. We'll go over back. It's funny. It, okay, let me back up here. It's really, to me, I, I just, I get a, it's very heartwarming and it makes me laugh when I talk about the animal communication. What happens is we'll, we'll ask, speak to, let's say, for example, one of my cats that's alive, which I just did the other night. As a matter of fact, we had a session. Oh, I do have a message for the, for everybody I'll give after this. If you remind me, I have a message for everybody tonight okay. um, from the board. Okay, so we, we when I talk to my animals, um, what happens is I ask the guides to come through and, and let, let the animals talk. Then all of a sudden it's like I'm on hold, like on a phone, like, you know, it's that ugly elevator music kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the board's spinning, I mean, the pressure's spinning and spinning and spinning and slows down. Then all of a sudden a little animal comes on and goes, hi, Mom, or they say cute little things like that. And they're just so, they're like a child. They're blunt and direct and straightforward. There's, there's no inhibitions. Um, there's no filters on what they say, and they say the darndest things. But but how it works is the spirit has to match their vibration with the animal kingdom vibration, and then bring that energy back up to, to match our vibration so we can understand it. So there is spelling on the board. It tends to be more simple words, um, but it, and shorter sentences. Although I'm starting to get starting to get a few sentences now out of some of the animals when I talk to them. And the living animals, what are they doing physically while this is going on? Great question, because it, this stuff blows me away. I, I have the cats that I refer to in my book, and I that's everybody's favorite part of the book, by the way. They love hearing about the animals, and, and I, it, it's just funny. Uh, and I hope you read that too, Tim, because it's hysterical. But they, what, what they do is, is do different things physically. They don't necessarily look at you. They could be in the other room talking to you. In fact, I have two cats that were abused, and they don't come out when people come to my house. One does, but the other one never comes out. And... We were doing a session where I talked to the one cat that's a little more braver, no problem talking to us and coming out. He comes out of the room. They actually start to come out and kind of sit there, turn their back to you. They don't look at you, but they're talking. Once in a while, they do look at you. The cat that was severely abused came out during the session after I talked to him a few sentences, comes out and tells me he wants to eat, comes over and looks at me and looks at my Ouija board partner and comes over to her to be petted, which he never lets people pet him. And people that know my animals know these guys are freaks. I mean, they hide all the time, which is totally okay with me. But they were so social when I talked to them on the Ouija board. It's really quite quite interesting and uncanny. Well, your your panzer looks like my Edgar, but I can't get Edgar to sit still for a photo. So. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. (laughs) Allow that. I said, why do you allow that? And he told me, because you're the boss. You're the boss. And he tells me, are you kidding me? I shouldn't wear a chicken suit. That's for the the other cat, Jack. You know, he's a a pussy is what he said. He said he's a pussy. (laughs) He's the chicken, not me. He said, I'm a vampire. And that's why that vampire picture's in there. But they give me a lot of messages. And so do my other animals and other people's animals do, too. Really interesting. The only thing I could ever get on Edgar was his leather spiked collar, and uh, you know he 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 feels like a badass walking around with that. But he still runs and hides whenever anybody comes over. I mean, you can ask these guys; they've been over my house tons of times over the last decade or so, and I think they've seen the cat fleetingly a few times. Although he likes you, Matt Costa, he comes out for you. He does sometimes. 
Right, Interesting. Must... Well, that's like these cats, and they get um, they come out now all the time. Something happened when we started talking to Jack. The more he's not, his picture's not in the book. Um, he's a tuxedo-looking cat, black and white. He's even, he's even bigger than the other cat, but he's so submissive. After doing this board and having my sessions, he actually rather likes it. In fact, he came out during this interview and he came over to sit by me while I was doing this. I just think he really likes the energy when we do the board. And I notice other animals do, too, when I've done it around different animals. They tend to sit there. It's, maybe it's the energy of ourselves being calm and focused and not focused on them, but they come out, and they kind of like to be around that energy, I've noticed. And I know, Moniz, you had mentioned that you had some ideas for other experiments that Karen could try. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, have you thought about doing a, you know, a group Ouija board session. In other words, uh, uh, a small dining hall or whatever with uh, several boards or however many people you can get to bring boards together. You know what I'm talking about? A, a, a group Ouija board session. See what sure. comes out of that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I have done the board before. A few hands on the board, more than just two people. Um, and that doesn't work as well. Um, but, but, no, I haven't done the group thing. And I know they do it at some of those paranormal conferences. I know... Um, Dave Schrader's been involved with it before, Jeff Belanger, and I think, Tim, you have too, haven't you? Yeah. I, I try to, I have enough trouble with one board, let alone many in the same room. <laughs> I have enough boards to do group sessions, trust me on that. But I haven't done that. And it'd be interesting to, I don't know where you're going to go with this, but I'd say even have communications go from board to board. Wouldn't that be kind That's of cool? what my second part was going to be. See if you can send the spirit that, if that's what's there on one board to go talk to a specific group say group you know the group at board number two uh, you know back and forth see if you can actually or get them what you could do is you could do Ouija speed dating where you just people just keep getting up and switching from station to station seeing if if it's their energy and if they have an effect You're on, starting on to what's get going where on. i'm going with that you you leave the boards there and then you rotate the people around the boards mm. well, that's, you know. that's interesting because what i do what i do 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 that I do <laughs> is um, along these lines is I might have in the room with me two people, three people that are actually board operators. I don't just do it with everybody. I, I do with people that are, that are into uh, the level I am and they take it seriousness and serious and they're not afraid and all that. What I'll do is I'll switch operators. And what's very fascinating, and I wrote about this in my book too, under higher selves, what you get with different people is different responses and different spirits that will come through. Some of the main ones will always come through, like my Mary Angel or some of my higher guides that are ethereal come through. But you'll get new ones that come through based on the connection of the other person. So it's also based on a frequency that two people share, you, that you share in your thoughts, in your mind, your heart, and also with the other side. So, th so you, you do start changing and shifting um, what kind of communication you get, how well it works, what they say, um, amount of words they use. It's, that, and I have done that. That's quite fascinating as well. Excellent. Now, this second question is a little bit more, um, let's call it left field. Have you ever gotten any spirits or something on the other side that claims to be, let's, for lack of a better term, call it alien, like from another planet type of communication? Well, that's a loaded question and a very good one. Um, that's not in my book, and I'm going to write a lot more about this in part two. I'm going to say yes, okay, okay. and I'm going, to, I'm going to call them either you call them alien if you like. I'm going to call them interdimensional, 
and they have messages, huge messages. Oh, I'm sure, because uh, are you familiar with people that do channeling and stuff like that? Oh, sure. Yes, yeah, I so. am. Yes, I am. And I know Seth came yeah. through with Jane Roberts, right, right, and her books, through the Ouija first, and she started channeling them. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that. Um, I wasn't especially looking for that in my work, but it just started coming through. And, and you know, again, it came through with different people that were also maybe interested in that. And, and, you know, here, who am I to say exactly what all it is? But I will tell you this, some of the information that we get, it blows my mind that I'm like, i got to go do some more research on this, or, or I don't quite understand everything they're saying, because it gets in some frequencies and interesting stuff. That's all I'll say. Um, I'm not ready to speak too much about that right now. I'm still sure. organizing a lot, of the, a lot of the work on it. Um, also, I think it's going to have to be in, in a part two book, because, boy, that stuff really gets out there. Well, I will say a lot of people mention, you know, the Frank's box and, and Frank Sumption's work being key to spirit communication, but Frank does not use his boxes mm. to communicate with the dead, and he thinks that we're actually a bunch of idiots for doing so. He thinks that uh, that's not what it was intended for, and he communicates solely with extraterrestrial beings. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you know, and, and I can be honest with you, I, I don't talk to the dead that much either. I used to in the beginning, and it's a great place to start. And, and when friends come over that have a, a person that just died in their life or they, or they have, need some closure to a death of an animal or a person, we'll, we will talk to them. For the most part, we like to talk to discarnate beings, and I'm going to use that term, okay, and, and that, could, that could count for aliens or inter, interdimensional beings, extra, whatever you want to call them, sure. serial beings, I'll use that word. And they tend to give a, a, a grander a message that can relate to everybody and some of it is very specific too um but that's more who i talk to on the board these days um and i love talking to my cats okay let's include the cats in there too now what about talking to people from different periods of time whether the past or the future absolutely both absolutely and this is an interesting concept now i I do believe in reincarnation i I used to be a past life therapy regressionist uh, along when i was doing my psychotherapy work and my private practice and I have also undergone quite a, quite a few, and I, and I uh, regressed myself and studied it for several years before I, I even hung out the shingle. But what I've learned is even when somebody passes, uh, excuse me, when they die and they're ready to reincarnate, it's a consciousness that, that goes with that soul. That soul you can always speak to, regardless of being born again into another body. So you still, so you get complex as you start like stacking layers of personalities that a person's being in each life, but it, it's all connected with a thread of the soul and the consciousness, the energy of that soul. So you can talk to people who've actually been reincarnated who should have been your dead uncle or aunt, okay? It's kind of weird. Again, we're getting into Ouija, probably 501. It's graduate level Ouija, where I wrote Ouija 101, just college level. Ouija, at that time, only went to just undergrad, hadn't gone to graduate school yet. <laughs> Since then, we've gone beyond graduate school. And some postdoc. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, post doggy, right? They're they're, they're um, I guess postal diggers now. <laughs> well, if anybody has any questions for our guest Karen Dolman, you can call in five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. You can email them to us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast dot com. You can jump in the chat room on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast dot com, or you can tweet us at WBSM fourteen twenty or at Spooky SC. You mentioned on your website too, Karen, that you may be working on a children's story is related to the Ouija. Absolutely. Well, it's related to the Ouija and related to one of my cats. It's the cat that was severely abused. Ah. Um, and, and yeah, it's it's 
related to the work of talking to my, on the on the board, but it's yeah, it's in my mind. I actually have the outline for it, and I, that could that very well could come out quicker because um, in my other book I'm working on, which is quite intense, the other book I'm working on right now. Um, but yeah, every every work I'm doing right now, all these books that I'm writing and the two I wrote are all related to my inner work I've done spiritually from the help of the Ouija board to take myself back inside myself to learn more about my capabilities and abilities and talents. And so what I want to say, and I'm glad you brought that up, Tim, I, I want to say that Ouija's message is not to rely on a tool outside of yourself, although it may seem like that, because here I am using a board or uh, cardboard uh, laminated with a planchette to do the work. The truth is, the way I use it, it always asks me questions and always makes me think, and my partners as well, to go back and look for the truth within. In fact, many quotes that I received over the years um, from the Ouija board are in my book, and I purposely put them in at the beginning of every chapter, because I wanted them to know that either the higher self said this, or Mary Angel said this, or the sun said this, or Starm, or I have all these different names of people that are, I should say, discarnate spirits, interdimensional beings we've spoken to. They want, the message is this, they want everyone to know that the world is so much larger when you go within yourself to understand your connection to it. So knowing about the grandness and greatness within yourself and learning how to express that in the world makes your life so much better. And that's what they want people to do. They just want to help us to become the best we can be. That's their message. It's not anything, anything um, less than that. It's, it's actually quite grand in many ways. Well, I mean, I was going to ask you, too, as you're putting together the book and you're looking back at your, you know, 40 years of experience working with the Ouija board, are you able to see the forest for the trees as you're going along this journey? Or did it take putting it all down on paper before you kind of looked back and and saw how it all intertwines? Very great. I've got another great question. That's why I like coming on your show. You've got great questions. Thank you. Things that people don't ask me. Yes, when I, I, okay, I've kept tedious journals throughout my life, but these that I kept on Ouija were from, from 1989 when I really started writing them, them down. The ones I did before that were all written in personal journals or diaries or things of that nature, or a lot of them from memory as well. But when I had these tedious journals, I spent hours, copious hours going through them all and understanding the message, and I realized, wow, that I, I forgot some of how profound some of these messages were. And when I was re- recanting or remembering these experiences, I would sometimes get a chill or the, or the, the goosebumps in my body going, this is important stuff. It just reminded me that I had to get this book out quicker than ever and to bring out the story and to tell my, my truth, my personal path, which is just one path, but to share with others to let them know it, there's nothing special here I'm doing, that they can do it too, and really be in touch with this in themselves. All my stories reminded me of that. And, and just so your listeners know, I put all these messages in there. I mean, not all. I took the I took most of the poignant ones out and, and stories of the entities I spoke to and how I worked with them and how we did spirit releasement or, or what not to do and how you can make spirits become earthbound and, and your responsibility in that, as well as some of the poignant messages I received that I, to this day, when I open up those chapters and read it or go through my notes, I am still touched by them and I can still work on self-improvement from those messages. There, there are messages that I've received that they say, well, we told you this in 1994. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, it takes me 20 years maybe. You know, it's that kind of thing where I'm still kind of working on some of these messages. So it's, it's tough stuff sometimes. I have conversations with living people where, like, I told you that yesterday. I, gotta, <laughs> I was going to say, can I ask another question, please? 
absolutely, please. All right. What is the most common or most prevalent message you get out of the boards or people reporting to you what they get out of the boards? Um, they get more short messages from dead people and um, spirits. And it's, i got to tell you, most of it's not it, – most of it's been either joking around, like we did R-O-L-A-I-D-S, Roll Aids, or it's messages of fear. And I think it's because people that, that come to me and they're okay. Now this this is this is the this is normal people that are just trying it once or twice and they're young, maybe never touched it again. That's a whole different level now. That's that's what I'm talking about here. That there's more fear. We shouldn't do it. It's bad. I got messages of you're gonna die or silly things like that. Truthfully, when you speak to these entities in between that work with us. They'll never give you a message like that, and, and that's a whole other level now. People that contact me and are doing the board in, in their closets secretly, you know, they haven't come out maybe to the level I have, and there are some I have, and they're willing to share their stories with me. They're getting more stories, stuff like I'm getting. They're getting stuff more about how to develop yourself spiritually or what's in store uh, maybe energetically uh, for the world. They're getting things of that nature, um, again, quite profound. Improvement. Who the person is and, and what their beliefs are about the board, and you know their own fears as well. That that influences the messages too. So I'm hearing from you mainly things of improvement, whether it be self or world, worldwide. Yeah, people that are doing it on the level, or, or the way I'm using it, yes, that's what they get. They get some really interesting messages like that. It's almost like um, going to a psychic who. He says, have you thought about developing this talent? You have an ability to paint or something like that. Or um, People sometimes get some prophetic stuff. I have before. i, I got to say I don't rely on the board for that, and I recommend others don't either. Because even with psychics and mediums, and, I, and there's great psychic and mediums out there, and I, I, you guys know them, and I know them too, there's always that little part of error. And it really is an error. Let's not call it error. I'm going to tell you what the board has told me it is. They will give you a message, but life changes. But through our choices, our own volition, we can affect our life at the blink of an eye. So what is happening and occurring on an energetic level in the moment, you're having a communication, and what may come up in your life can change. When you leave that board and make a decision to maybe leave your job tomorrow, or that's pretty extreme, but you make a decision, will absolutely change the energy. So there you get the stuff not always coming, coming true. What I've heard people that are doing the board on this level, too, is that they're learning more how to activate that within themselves, their own intuition, their own self-healing. Oh, I got a great email from a person today who told me how the board has helped them with some self-healing, um, such, uh, such as a pain in their body and feeling that pain just be relieved with the help of the spirits. Again, the board is just a board. It's more of the connection to the spirits that's healing, and we can go directly to them. I think the, the problem, no, there's no problem, but I think what happens is um, we, we, we think it's the board. And the board has no energy at all. It's just a, like a phone. It's a communication device. It's everything else that happens with your connection with these other energies. And that's what people are telling me they're getting in touch with, just various different levels, and some of them are very similar. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Karen Dolman, author of the book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. And quickly, just give out your websites for everybody if they want to get a hold of you. Absolutely. And I want to thank you and the Tims for having me again. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to come on your show, and I'm honored that you would have me back. Um, yes, you can reach me at Karen A. Dolman, 
com or creativevisionspublications.com. And you can send me an email um, there. You can contact me. You can check out my books. You can buy an autographed copy. All right there, easy. And you can also go to Amazon.com if you're interested in the books and get the Kindle version there as well. And I want to just thank all your listeners. I really appreciate you guys coming in and listening to the show and learning about the positive uses of the Ouija board. Well, thank you so much, Karen. We look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you. I very much look forward to it. I have a great night. That is, that is Karen Dahlman, the author of the new book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. That about does it for this week's show. We'll be back next Saturday night to talk about the Kennedy assassination, and we'll look at that from a conspiracy point of view. You can visit us at SpookySouthCoast.com. Find out more about the show. If you're new to the program, you can hear some of our past episodes. There's so many of them up there for you to listen to, only about eight years' worth of them at this point, and they are all free. So if you are new to the program and you want to catch up, you've got a lot of catching up to do because there are so many great programs there for you to check out, including Karen's previous appearance with us, the other shows that we've done about the Kennedy assassination, and so much more. And uh, when we do come back next week, uh, hopefully we'll have a guest scheduled, but if not, we can totally throw the phone lines open again, just as we did. Uh, I did this past Thursday night, because I know that our listenership out there, they know a lot about the Kennedy assassination. They can bring a lot to the table. And with all these new programs that have been coming out over the course of the last few weeks and will be coming out this week we'll have so much more to discuss so that does it for this week's program for matt costa from matt moniz i'm tim weisberg we want you all to stay spooktacular